Do you want victory? You can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder and executive director of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. Well, as we were nearing the end of our study of Numbers, we uh, reached over into the book of Joshua to get a little uh, greater insight into what was going on in Joshua's mind and heart as he was being commissioned to uh, take the reins from Moses. You remember Moses was told by God, you're about to die, you're not going to go into the promised land, I'll let you go up on the mountain and look and see the promised land, but you don't get to go in. And Moses, rather than saying, dear God, please, you know, it was just a moment of rash behavior and rash speech, please, uh, you know, please, please, please rescue me. Moses' prayer was, Lord, please raise up someone to lead the people. They need leadership. And uh, that was a beautiful thing on Moses' part, but the person that God chose was Joshua. And uh, you might think that that would be really exciting and thrilling for Joshua. Instead, it was obviously very intimidating. And so we looked at how over and over and over and over God says to him, don't be afraid, be strong, have great courage, I'll be with you. So Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. The Lord your God is giving you rest and has granted you this land. 
Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, but all your fighting men, fully armed, must cross over ahead of your brothers. You are to help your brothers until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you, and until they too have taken possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. Then they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words, whatever you may command them, will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Just a few key points that we want to meditate on this morning. First of all, God has promised victory to those who are walking in obedience. God is saying to his people, I have a provision for you. I have a place that I've prepared, and it is for you. But in order to enter into that, there's going to be warfare. Now, do you see any application for us today as Christians? God offers us victory, but there is a war on. There's a war on. Ephesians 6 tells us our warfare is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this present age and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Well, that sounds like a lot. Well, it is a lot. The warfare is intense. All the weapons of our warfare are spiritual, not carnal. They are not fleshly. Our ability to overcome the enemy is found in our union with Christ. Every piece of the armor described in Ephesians chapter 6 is an aspect of our life in Christ. And therefore, we are told in Ephesians 6 to put on the whole armor of God. And it's described for us piece by piece. But... Elsewhere, we're told simply, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because in Christ, I have victory. Okay? So there's a war on. God has promised victory in Christ. But in order for me to experience that victory, there are several things that are seen right here in this chapter that apply directly as Christians in our walk with the Lord, in our spiritual warfare. The first is, in order to be victorious, you have to have that genuine relationship with God. It is not enough to believe in God intellectually. You have to have a relationship with him. Look at these opening verses again in Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Verse 5, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
I want you to say that last phrase with me. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Does that sound like somebody who's got a relationship with the Lord? Wow, it sure does. And God is the initiator of that relationship. Our relationship with the Lord is not something we achieve, it is something God gives. We don't accomplish relationship with God, we receive a relationship with him through faith in Jesus Christ. And so it starts with that. When Jesus was asked by his disciples, teach us how to pray, the prayer that he taught them begins with the words, our Father. You see, you can't pray the rest of the prayer if he's not your Father. You can't trust him for daily bread and for victory against the enemy. You can't trust him even for the forgiveness of your sins unless you know him as your father. But when he's your father, when God is your daddy, then you can trust him for everything else. It all comes together based on that relationship, that essential relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. So it starts there. And look, look again over in, in verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you wherever you go. The confidence of this relationship is the basis on which we can do what God calls us to do. I mean, if God is just somewhere off there watching from a distance, it's not going to work out, okay? If we're just down here trying to muddle through and hoping we get it right, and it's like being in a corn maze, then good luck, people. And there's no such thing as luck. But if we have a relationship with him, he knows the way. And every situation that we get in, we're okay. When Jesus is with you in the boat, you don't need a boat, okay? The waves may come over the top, the boat may be filling up with water, but if Jesus says we're going to the other side, guess where we're going to end up? Even if we have to walk. When Jesus is with you, you don't have to have a whole bunch of bread. He can take a little boy's lunch and feed thousands so it doesn't matter about our resources or the size of our enemy. Because, folks, no matter what, if he is with us, if God is for us, who can stand against us? It's not based on us and our abilities. It's based on him. And he has all power. All power. The basis of our confidence, the basis of our courage, is based on the fact that God is almighty, loving, gracious, all-knowing, and that He has promised He'll never leave us or forsake us. So no matter what I'm going through, no matter what I face, no matter what happens, even death even death can't conquer me.
In Psalm 145, we read, One generation will declare your works to the next and will proclaim your mighty acts. God is pleased when we share His love with the future generations. One meaningful way you can share Yahweh to the next generation is by leaving a gift in your will to Wares Valley Ranch. The ranch is home and school to children from all over the country who need a safe haven. Please pray about how you might help support these kids and consider joining Legacy 145. Legacy 145 is a growing group of people, people who see this as a meaningful way to thank God for all they have been blessed with. You can learn more about it by going to wvr.org and click on the link for Legacy 145. Again, find the link for Legacy 145 on our website at wvr.org. To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is Folks, all the things that plague us in this life are temporary. If you don't know God, the troubles you have in this world are going to seem really nice looking back. But if you know God, all the troubles in this life are going to be gone. And you will be forever with the Lord. There is no reason for us to be afraid. Once the fear of death is gone, there's really not anything else to be afraid of. Pastor, what I've heard you say that you don't mind dying, you just don't want to suffer. Yeah, well, I don't want to suffer. I'm a wimp, okay? I'll admit it. If I get the flu, I want to die, all right? I, I admit it. But not really, all right? I'm just a wimp. But I'm not afraid of life. I know that if I live long enough, I'm liable to have more and more aches and pains and so forth. But it's temporary. And well, yeah, you say that now. Well, by grace, I will say it then too. It's temporary. But God has prepared for us glory. Glory. So rejoice. Now, first thing, personal relationship. That's essential. Second thing is obedience. You want to experience victory in the Lord? Walk in obedience. Look at what he says to Joshua. Verse 8. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you can win Bible drills. So that you can do well on a standardized test that makes sure we're teaching the Bible here at St. Andrew's School. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So, Pastor Wood, are you saying that we're just supposed to go around all day long quoting the Bible? Well, that's a thought. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. But the point is not just to be able to say the words. The point is to do it, to obey it. And you see, God's Word will repeatedly challenge us in the way that we think and in the way that we behave. Because situations arise in life, and my natural human fleshly response, my old Adamic nature, is to do this 
And God says, no, 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 wait a minute. Have I not commanded you? Do this. And it's like, oh, okay. And I've got to change the way I think and the way I behave. Not based on what I feel. Not based on my reflex. Not based on my natural earthly desires that wage war against me and want to try and lead me into sin. I have to change my behavior based on what God says. How many of you can identify with me when I say that my natural tendency is to be selfish? Well, not me. I'm, I'm totally unselfish. When, when I see things, I just automatically say, I want to do for others. Okay. No, that's not our tendency. We want what we want before we can talk. We're just oriented that way. That's, that's how we communicate. That's how we view the world. And basically, we begin to process gradually what people can do for us. Okay? And we try to learn how to manipulate people. I have some pre-verbal grandchildren. And they are learning how to get what they want. Okay? And round grandparents, it's pretty easy. <laughs> and I can relate to that. Because that's the mindset I developed. As I've told you, when I was a little guy, my favorite word was mine. Okay? Mine shoes, mine toy, mine coat. I've told you, they called me the little German. <laughs> mine, mine, mine. I want you to understand something. I have to overcome that attitude. I have to realize, no, everything belongs to him. He's in charge. My job is to serve him. Okay? And I have to be careful lest my attitude toward God deteriorate into one of, I will learn what it takes to manipulate God and get what I want. The difference between worship and witchcraft is who's in charge. Which way does the power curve go? Are you trying to control the powers of the universe or are you submitting yourself to the Lordship of Christ? And there are unfortunately a lot of people in our churches and in our pulpits and books in Christian bookstores and messages on Christian radio that encourage a mindset of here's what you do in order to manipulate God. Dangerous thing. Be careful. It's a natural bent on our part. We want to know what do I have to do to get my will accomplished. My kingdom come, my will be done on earth as yours is in heaven. We've got to repent of that. And so God says we need to meditate on his law day and night and be careful to do it. And the consequence of doing that will be success. It's not like, you know, if you will trust God and do what he says, he'll really mess you over. No. But it will often be difficult. And in this life, Jesus says, we'll have tribulation. But he says, but don't be afraid. I've already overcome the world. So we're going to have to go through warfare and face enormous, fierce enemies. But if we do it in obedience to God, walking in obedience to him, we will experience the victory he has already secured for us in Christ Jesus. So relationship, personal relationship with him is essential. 
Staying obedient to the word is essential. And final point is just perseverance and courage. Perseverance means you hang in there, you keep going. Uh, some people I, I know tell a story that I, that I love. The husband and wife, this is a true story, uh, famous Bible teachers, um, wonderful people. Uh, they were at a conference center, and they were, they were leading this conference and trying to get in their daily exercise. They, they decided they would go for a walk around the lake. And there was a trail around the lake. And the two of them started out, and they got over to the far side of the lake, and the wife said to her husband, Honey, I'm sorry, but I, I'm just getting too tired. I'm going to have to go back. And so she turned from the halfway point and went back. <laughs> That's a true story. Now, why is that funny, folks? She was halfway there. She was halfway there, and instead of pressing on and going the rest of the way and staying together and accomplishing this, she, she just couldn't do it. She's, oh boy, I made it halfway, but that's as far as I can go. I'm going to have to go back. <laughs> Isn't that sad? It's kind of comical. It's, I love it. They, and he told that, and she sat there and said, yeah, she did that. She, she walked all the way back. It wasn't like it was uphill and she walked back down. It was flat. But it didn't occur to her that the second half would be like the first half in reverse, distance-wise. Okay? How many times do we do that in life? We fail to persevere. We're halfway there. And that's when we decide we're going to quit. I, actually, I know people who are most inclined to quit when they're about 90% of the way. I mean, they put up with stuff, and they put up with stuff, and they put up with stuff, and they put up with stuff. And then when, when it's almost done... All of a sudden, it's like, I just can't do this anymore. I can't go on. I was, it's like, we're almost there. Don't quit. Persevere. God calls us to persevere. God calls us to keep on going. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So don't give up. When I was a kid, there was a recording we had of a, black preacher in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, I, I wish I could quote the poem. I used to be able to, but my memory is not what it used to be. But I can, I can give you the phrase from the sermon. It was a, a classic preaching approach in which you say this much and then you have a refrain. You say this much and you have a refrain. You say this much and you have a refrain. I used to remember the verses. One of them said something like, if you strike a thorn or rose... Keep a going. Okay? Now, I don't remember the rest of it except for that recurring phrase. You know what the phrase was? Keep a going. Keep a going. Keep a going. Whatever you run into, whatever you have to face, however difficult it becomes, keep a going. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't give up. Persevere. There will be times when you want to quit. You just want to roll up your gear and say, I'm out of here. Don't. Persevere. Keep it going. Don't stop. Your obedience to God will be rewarded. That's not my opinion. That's God's promise. He'll be with you wherever you go. But perseverance requires courage. 
Because sometimes when we're tired and discouraged in the sense of, oh, this is really hard, this is, this is just, you know, this is taking more effort than I thought, the devil comes along in that moment and tries to intimidate us, tries to frighten us. Courage is required. But the courage comes from relationship as you walk in obedience. Remember his promises and keep going. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.